Today we signed the first bill uh, in this session, and it's a very large one for Indiana's economic future. For three years, we have been working to uh, create the conditions whereby Indiana could extend its leadership in clean coal, leadership that is established by the presence of the first two electric clean coal plants, including the Edwardsport plant under construction. Um, by entering and leading the era of producing gas, natural gas, from um, our coal, our homegrown energy resource here. It's been a long uh, trail, and we are not at the last step. But with the bill that has just uh, passed, with extraordinary bipartisan leadership from the people assembled here, uh, we now are at the brink of reality. This is a project which will employ thousands of people, involve a multi-billion dollar investment. It will employ hundreds if not thousands of people on an ongoing basis after it's constructed. It will use our own coal. We'll be paying Hoosiers instead of paying people from out of state for the BTUs that come from this plant. It will protect ratepayers. It will guarantee savings and quite possibly, if, if federal forecasters are right, will deliver billions in savings over the years to Indiana ratepayers, residential and commercial. And it will establish Indiana as the leader in the clean coal era, which many of us believe is essential to America's future, for to have a strong economy, um, affordable uh, energy rates, and, uh, and a better environment for tomorrow and to leave to our kids. I cannot thank enough the people who helped us take this step. So in the Senate, Senator Hirschman and Senator Merritt, Senator Hume, um, Leader Stillwell and Chairman Moses in the House, as well as uh, Ed Soliday. Um, uh, this has been a great bipartisan effort. It's how we always make the best progress in Indiana. And um, uh, with, with the passage of this bill, following the passage of uh, legislation a year ago that uh, provided uh, tax credits to this project, we think we are very, very close to seeing it become real. And all those who had a hand in it really deserve the thanks of their fellow citizens. So let's make law, and then we'll take some questions. I'll get to it as soon as I've made this. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Until I sign this, nobody's going to save anything. <laughs> so don't distract me, you know. Like, if I forget to do this, I've screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> Almost screwed up already. Senator Hirschman, sponsor of the bill. Thank, thank you, you very Governor. much. Thank you. Chairman Merritt, for you. Russ, couldn't have happened without you. Thank, thank you very you. much, and congratulations. Win, same goes for you. Thank you. We're very, very admiring and appreciative of what you all have just done, all of you, and those behind me as well. Uh, to go to your question, um, the uh, 
it is extremely likely, according to all the federal forecasts, that the long-term BTU cost from coal will be lower than the long-term BTU cost from natural gas, perhaps by a very large margin. We have, as you know, uh, more energy in coal in this country than there is oil in, in the entire world in terms of its energy output. And um, it, it is very plentiful and it is nearby. So um, the uh, eventual contract we imagine will derive, the, the gas will be produced from coal and therefore probably be much cheaper. And also we will uh, provide for a guarantee that um, developer who builds this project will uh, go at risk to make certain that there are very meaningful savings, uh, even if the federal forecast should prove for some reason to be very uh, incorrect. I think it's absurd, it's anti-scientific, and it's an incredibly dangerous idea. Um, America's and, uh, future um, economically depends on finding ways to use the resource which is incredibly abundant here, Indiana's future in particular. And the uh, uh, notion that we could somehow abandon the use of coal um, is a prescription for poverty in this state, it's a prescription for exporting jobs to other countries, and it must be contested vigorously. Uh, the best way I know to do it is to be a leader, as Indiana uh, will now be, in using this bountiful American resource, this most affordable source of energy we have, in ways that everybody can be comfortable with. This is one of the cleanest power, will be one of the cleanest power plants of any kind ever. It is 99% cleaner than the plants of today. So it's on a par, really, with nuclear energy and other alternative sources. And yet it will be vastly more affordable, the energy that comes from it, than what we would pay for, from, uh, for uh, power from these other sources. So um, your question, Jim, goes to the heart of a very important debate that has to happen in this country. Um, and. Uh, Indiana, I hope, is going to be participating in a very constructive way by leading in using uh, coal in a essentially pollution-free way. And incidentally, if there is a decision made, and it ought not be made lightly, to spend lots of money and to tax people lots of money to reduce CO2, this plant can do that too. Yes. Um, ultimately, the uh, utilities, of course, will uh, use this gas and, and uh, sell it to their residential and perhaps other customers. And they had some accounting issues with doing that directly. So this is a very innovative bill, and again, hats off to those who worked with us on it. But the state of Indiana will be the contracting authority and pass the gas on to the um, utilities. Uh, which, uh, which will then in turn uh, transmit it to their customers. Well, Eric, if, if radio lends itself well to complex uh, accounting issues, uh, I, can, I can hand you over to somebody who can explain it. It was a, the original idea, again, we've been through, at this for three years and we've moved through various approaches. But the original idea was for a series of contracts with the utilities, directly with the developer. And they ran into 
uh, not practical issues as much as accounting issues. And so we devised this new approach, and these legislators helped us uh, um, enact it as a matter of Indiana law. No. Again, we've been working on this for three years, and um, long before anybody heard of federal stimulus. This is a private sector project, and um, uh, I think the developers uh, will seek uh, some interest rate reductions. If they're able to get a federal loan guarantee, that would be very, very helpful. But there's no stimulus money and no direct subsidy. That's exactly what it means. Um, it means that uh, each participating utility has, will have locked in, with the help of the state, a meaningful percentage of its consumption for the next several decades at a price that is derived from the price of coal, which is the most affordable source of energy we have and is projected, again, to be much cheaper than natural gas over that time horizon. And so uh, those savings, a portion of which will be guaranteed by the developer, um, will be passed on dollar for dollar to our, to our uh, customers. I wondered if I could ask you about another utility question. There's a, there's a, sorry, it's a, little, there's a bill in the, uh, in Senator Hirschman's committee that would extend the sales tax exemption on life. Citizens Action Coalition sent out an op-ed piece this week saying that your administration opposes that bill. Is that at all true, or if so, why? I haven't looked at it. I don't oppose things I haven't heard of yet, so uh, um, bad rumor. I can't comment, but I'll have a look. First anywhere at this scale, I think, is the way uh, to think about it. Um, there is a, uh, a plant out in the Dakotas, um, a, a relic of the Sinfuels era, if you remember that, back in the 70s, that went bankrupt and then came back online. But basically, in terms of a genuine uh, private sector investment using, the most, using modern technology, this would be, would be the first, just as Edwardsport is the first baseload plant to turn coal in, uh, in a, in a pollution-free way, essentially, to uh, electricity. So Indiana would be home to two firsts, and the combination, I think, gives us a rightful claim as a, as a leader in this important new era. Well, it'll be part of the contract. No, the, the, the one in uh, the Dakotas is at a similar size. It's just an older technology. So uh, every indication is this will be more cost effective than it was, and it's back in business. This depends on successfully completing a contract with a developer. There's clearly one that's very, very interested. And, with whom we've been talking for three years, we will open the window to see if there are any other competitors who would like to take advantage of, of the uh, tax credit which is on the books and of this uh, purchasing arrangement now. Um, but uh, we want to move very quickly now that 
the General Assembly has helped us put the preconditions in place. Well, all right. Thank you very much. Once again, congratulations to uh, all concerned. Thank you, uh, Russ and Wynn. Uh, thank you, Brant and Jim, Lindell, Ed, all those who worked with them. Um, I hope I've conveyed just in these few words that we have not talked a lot about this project, uh, at least on a statewide basis, for three years because there have been many, many impediments to, to move. But if you haven't heard much about it before, I hope you'll pay close attention now. This is a really very major project in its own right and in terms of Indiana's overall economic future and possibly even in that national debate I referred to. So thank you for your attention to it.